Welcome back to episode... Oh, where's my notes? Oh no. <laughs> episode 16 of Everyday Ecclesiology. Started putting that in the notes now because then I go to name it. Yeah. And then I'm like, wait, what number is this? And then I have to open it new Every tab. now and then though, we should introduce ourselves because sometimes we might have a new listener I just listening. That part. Yeah. Hmm. So... I'm Desiree Greenhall. Yeah. I'm with my husband, Daniel Greenhall. If you're new, thanks for listening. Um, trying yeah, us out. Yeah, I'm Daniel. If you want to <laughs> hear about... There we go. What what we're all about. What everyday yeah. ecclesiology... <laughs> what everyday ecclesiology even is. Check out episode one then. Yep. And that'll tell you. All right. Did you already say that? I did. Oh. And I introduced us. Good job. Wow. Oh, I didn't say check out episode one. Oh, okay. I thought you'd already said that and I just wasn't paying attention, which wouldn't be the first time. All right. Now we have four segments. Wow, we're growing. Yeah. First of all, who are we? Who we are. Then what we're doing. Then what we're learning. And finally, what we're reading. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll add the what we are, who we are. I don't know how to make it fit with my naming scheme. Oh, well, it doesn't have to be alliterated. All right. That's who we are. I'm Daniel. Mm Mm-hmm. This is my co-host, Desiree. I already said all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm practicing. Okay. I can practice next time. All right, what are we doing? AKA, how are we serving? How are we serving? Yeah. I might rename the segment. Yeah. Oh. Um, Maybe I won't rename the segment. I like to write people letters. It's true. I have another person on my mind mm-hmm. that I talked to or at least observed. Mm-hmm. This evening, and I'm like, hmm, yeah. I should probably write them a nice, encouraging note. I got to There's chat. a lady. Oh, good. I don't commonly write guys' notes, because I would see that as... You write me notes. It would be a, maybe appropriate at times, but maybe not. It's a topic for another time, yeah. probably. Okay, so I had, again, caffeine before the recording. So You I'm did? Gonna, before church. Oh, I thought you just had, like, a cu- cup of coffee. No, 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 no. There's probably a little bit of caffeine in the hot chocolate hot chocolate hot cocoa (laughs) you can't combine cocoa and chocolate i don't know what it is somebody let us know whether it's cocoa or chocolate oh well this is it's from a mix with water i was gonna say the homemade stuff that we make is hot cocoa because i use cocoa powder yeah the homemade stuff is definitely so this would be hot chocolate i think it's probably hot cocoa they probably just mix cocoa powder with sugar and milk powder i'm gonna have to look that up some other time not right now all right, but what are we doing? We celebrated Christmas and New Year's, and we took a week off last week. Which yeah, it was so nice. You probably knew, because there wasn't an episode. My de- our dedicated listeners. Yeah, they were, yeah. they were calling us up. Hey, hey, when's it coming out? Nobody called. Nobody us. called. That's fine. I'm glad. You got a you got a week off too, not from serving in your local church, but from listening to our podcast. We celebrated Christmas. We celebrated New Year's. Our daughter started walking. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. she is all over the place. Just one day she was kind of trying to stand up on things. The next day she was just running literally in circles. Mm-hmm. Not running. She was walking, but she was going in circles. If she runs, she doesn't mean to. <laughs> and her face gets really scared because yeah. she can't slow down. That was funny. I wish I could have seen it. Um, I'm working on a couple more guests for the podcast. I have to I have to think of something that I want, that, that I think would be pertinent to you listeners and then find someone that's qualified or can be qualified to speak on it or is well-versed in the subject already. Because, I mean, there are people that I know that I want to have on the podcast, but then I'm like, well, but then I'd have to find something for them to talk about and I don't know yet. So I try to find topics first or ideas first, unless someone comes up to me with an idea. And then 
um, find a person, okay, who is well-suited to address that issue, to help us think through that issue. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully you enjoyed Katie and Jason Stalkup. I enjoyed having them here and chatting and laughing. Mm-hmm. Um, I apologize for a little bit of the audio quality. That was um, my fault. I could have corrected all of those issues, but I didn't flip the right switch. So that was my fault. Hopefully this week everything will sound a little bit better. We're kind of back to normal, but with a new microphone mm-hmm. that, we're, that we're trying out. And I think I like it so far. So. Cool. It's a little bit simpler than the one I had before. Um, We also had a listener question come in Mm -hmm. that I'm going to... uh, Can I read the question and then answer it later? Or should I wait? You should just wait. I should wait for to even read the question? Yeah. Okay. I had a question come in about baptism that um, I'm currently researching. I have some preliminary thoughts that you don't get to know yet because they might be wrong. Um, but I'm chatting with our pastor about, uh, some of the thoughts that I had come to mind and he gave me a couple of good resources to look through and hopefully I'll be able to chat with him again a little bit about it more, but thank you for the question. I appreciate it. You're not forgotten. I didn't ignore your email, but, uh, I'm working on it. Yep. I want to research an answer before I put up my two cents. I want it to be a little bit more thought through. All right. So it's been a little while we had, it's been four weeks since we were mm-hmm. in, uh, Lord's Supper. I mean, it's only two episodes since then, but it's always one week, and then it was another week, and another week, and another week. So it's almost four weeks. Um, practically, it's been four weeks since we've been in Lord's Supper. Unless you... Wow, you just are really going into detail. I am, I am into detail tonight. <laughs> That's not going to be... I mean, it's, it's good looking at detail in the text. We'll get there. But um, I lost my train of thought. It just departed the station. That's okay. I'll pick up another one. So we're looking at uh, the last passage, well, the second passage here that we're going to deal with within the scope of this podcast on uh, Lord's Supper. I might have said baptism earlier, but we're no, talking about Lord's Supper. you said baptism concerning the listener question, but you didn't yeah. say ba- baptism about what we're going to be talking about. Okay, thanks. Yeah. So we're talking about Lord's Supper. Last week, we looked a little bit, last week, last time, we talked a little bit about 1 Corinthians 11, kind of walked through what was going on in 1 Corinthians 11, why was Paul even addressing uh, Lord's Supper, and what did he say about the way that the Corinthians were doing it, uh, they were doing it wrong, we saw, and he told them how to do it correctly and why to do it correctly. But even before 1 Corinthians 11, right before 1 Corinthians 11, in fact, comes... 1 Corinthians 9... <laughs> well, you're close, but it's late at night. I'll give you yeah, a pass. It's 10. Yes, 1 Corinthians just, 10. I was just kidding. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We'll go yep. with that. So 1 Corinthians 10, Paul also makes a reference to the Lord's Supper. He doesn't explicitly say Lord's Supper, um, but he does say Lord's Table. Mm. And the things that are at the Lord's Table are the bread and the cup. And I think especially with Paul, knowing where he's going in the very next chapter... I think it's very hard to understand this as anything but Lord's Supper that he's referencing here. And I think that's very consistent with, again, where Paul is going and what he's trying to say in the passage. So the passage is 1 Corinthians 10. I'm specifically going to look at verses 14 through 22. And within that, pay close attention to verses 16 and 17. I think I added enough special attention things in there. And I actually mm-hmm. am prepared have the Bible already open. Yeah, and you're very prepared. Yeah, I've got everything laid out here. I actually was going to do one more thing that I forgot to do, which oh, is well. going to make a little bit of noise. It was just this, so that you could actually see the notes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, wouldn't that be so nice? If... Yeah, you're so nice. I try. I do try. Nice. So we're going to still make this... Ooh, make it oh, yep. bigger for I'm gonna... my bad eyesight. Oh, it's not working. Oh, dear. What am I... 
I don't. It's fine. No, there's a button. Hang on, it's right there. Whew. I promise. I do enjoy technology, and I know how to make it work for me most of the time. All right, where were we? First Corinthians 10, and I'm just going to read through verses 14 through 22. The only thing I'll clarify is if it's a he or they, then I'll clarify who that is. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 14, and as usual, I'm reading out of the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. I am speaking as to wise people. Judge for yourselves what I say. The cup of blessing that we give thanks for, is it not a sharing in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not sharing in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for all of us share that one bread. Look at the people of Israel. Do not those who eat the sacrifices excuse me do not those who eat the sacrifices participate in what is offered on the altar what am i saying then that food offered to idols is anything or that an idol is anything no but i do say that what they sacrifice they sacrifice to demons and not to god i do not want you to to participate with demons you cannot drink the cup of the lord and the cup of demons you cannot share in the lord's table and the table of demons or are we provoking the lord to jealousy are we stronger than he now Paul leaves it with a question. I'm not going to go where he goes next. I'm going to look at just that section, and I'm going to read again verses 16 and 17, because that's what uh, Bobby Jameson is going to draw out a little bit. And then I'm going to read what Jameson says about those verses. So verses 16 and 17 say this, The cup of blessing that we give thanks for, is it not a sharing in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a sharing in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for all of us share that one bread. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and read Jameson's explanation for what's going on in this passage. I don't agree with it 100%. I'll get to that in a second. But I think he, where he's going is very helpful. So he says this. If you, want, if you have the book, Understanding the Lord's Supper, I'm assuming most of you do not. But if you do, it's on page 36. Credit where credit's due. So the next uh, three paragraphs are a quote. Jameson says, Recall Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 10, 16-17, which we've considered in chapters 3 and 6. First, the cup of blessing that we give thanks for, is it not a sharing in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a sharing in the body of Christ? Paul reminds the Corinthians that to eat the bread and drink the cup is to enjoy fellowship with Christ, to experience the benefits of his death. From this vertical fellowship between Christ and believers, Paul draws a horizontal conclusion in verse 17, and that is, because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for all of us share that one bread. Paul's central claim in this verse is that we who are many are one body, and twice he grounds or supports this assertion by referring to our joint participation in the Lord's Supper. Quote, because there is one bread, and for all of us share that one bread. End quote. The fact that Paul repeats his reason twice weighs a weighs against seeing the bread as merely representing or picturing the church's unity. Instead, Paul roots the church's unity in its celebration of the Lord's Supper. There is one body because there is one bread. Paul is saying that the Lord's Supper actually makes many one. The Lord's Supper gathers up the we who are many and makes us into one body. In other words, the Lord's Supper constitutes a local church. Of course, Paul's point is not about the merch... Or, excuse me. Paul's point is not about the mechanics of bread and eating, as if a larger church that needed more than one loaf to celebrate the Lord's Supper was no longer one church but many. Instead, Paul uses one bread as shorthand for the church's corporate, altogether celebration of the Lord's Supper. Paul's point is that in the Lord's Supper, because we all share in fellowship with Christ together, our unity in Christ creates the unified body of the church. 
that end quote. That was all reading from Bobby Jameson's work uh, in the little primer on understanding the Lord's Supper. So I think there are some helpful things that Jameson points out here. Um, I had never considered this passage before. It was never really brought to my attention, but I do think it's Paul's definitely referencing Lord's Supper here in the imagery of bread that we all partake in, cup that we all drink of, um, talking by all, Paul's talking to the church. So that to me is very clear that he's talking about Lord's Supper. And he even says later on in verse uh, 21, you cannot share in the Lord's table and the table of demons. And then the very next chapter, he actually dives into that issue in more specifics. So I really think this is talking about Lord's Supper. I think that's consistent with um, Paul's intent and the Lord's intent in inspiring the text through Paul. Mm-hmm. So the uh, I think there's a very close connection between the actual partaking of the Lord's Supper and the church being one body. Where I don't, where I'm not quite convinced is that it's, uh, is his wording of um, his claim that taking the Lord's Supper together actually makes the many into one. Hmm. Does that make sense why mm-hmm. I'm a little fuzzy on that? Yeah. Because he, he claims, Bobby Jameson claims, that 1 Corinthians 10 implies that the Lord's Supper is what makes the many members into one body. I would want to emphasize that it's God that makes many believers into one body. And I don't think Jameson would deny that, but I want to be a little bit more careful with my language. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying he's not. He might be intending that, but I'm not on board with that idea yet that the actual ceremony that we take is what makes us into one body. I do not, however, want to undermine Paul's words because Paul says, because there's one bread, there's one body. So there is a connection there between taking the Lord's Supper and being a local church, a unified body. There's definitely a connection, right? Well, yeah, but... Paul says, because there's one bread, there's one body. He's not saying because there's one bread, that bread is making it into a body. Correct. He says, um, we who are many are one body, for all of us share that one bread. Um, He says, because there's one bread, we who are many are one body. And and he mentions several, uh, twice even in that one verse, the the one bread and the body. So I'm not going to undermine Paul's words and say that communion has nothing to do with a local church being unified and one body. Because I, it does. No, it, it definitely does. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I didn't understand um, a lot. Well, whether it was said or not is another issue, but something I didn't understand at least, and I want to make clear, and that Paul even wants us to understand, or one of the Corinthians to understand, and ergo, I think that's the right word, something God wants us to understand because he put it in scripture. Mm-hmm. So I think this is important because Paul thought it was important enough to mention Um, I do agree that Paul's trying to communicate that there's a close connection between the many members being one body and the Lord's Supper. And this is something that's actually come up a lot in conversation with, um, well, many people in my life recently, but also one guy that I work with trying to, who's trying to sort through, um, how do you know when a church is a church? Mm. This is a question that I've mentioned before. Mm -hmm. Um, What changes how do you know when a group of people meeting together is actually a church? Because when Desiree and I get together and chat, mm-hmm. that doesn't make us a church, right? Mm-mm. But what about when we eat bread? Yeah. What about when we have bread together? Yeah. What about, yeah. So, and garlic then, bread. If it does. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. You blindsided me. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, that was good garlic bread, though. Okay. Oh, man. Um, but then, okay, so what if it does, and then 
if we eat bread together, we better not give any to Sophia because she could drink, eat and drink judgment on herself Mm -hmm. if that was actually the Lord's Supper because she's not a believer, right? So that could be problematic. I don't think it's anytime two believers are together, then boom, a church is formed. And then when they walk a certain distance away, then boom, that church is dissolved. I, I don't think so. I don't think anyone would... Well, there's probably somebody that would contend that, but I probably would have when I was 10. Who knows? <laughs> um, but I think Lord's Supper can be a helpful thing that we point to and say, well, that's that's a, at minimum a sign that, okay, they might be a church now. Mm-hmm. That is one helpful outward sign that people can look at and look to and say, oh, that's when they become a church. And Paul makes a little bit of that connection become here. Become a church? Yeah. Okay. Uh but that doesn't mean that all, we're only a church on those Sundays when we meet together and take Lord's Supper. Right. There's I don't like think that's what Paul is getting point. at either. Yeah. Okay. So like when does a group of people, so like uh, let's say a missionary goes into a foreign country, shares the gospel with someone, mm-hmm. they're saved. At what point has a church started and not yeah, just a believer a in that question. other country? Right? Yeah. It's also another good question to think, okay, if a single missionary goes into another country, do they take Lord's Supper by themselves? Why would they? They are the church in that place. Just one person? You're the only believer there. That makes you a church? Does it? Mm. Does that mean there's no church? How many does it take to be a church? I I don't think they would. Uh, Because how are you gathering when it's just you by yourself? Well, I mean, you could have a specific time set aside to... Um, either listening to a message or that means when I for... do my devotions, I'm a church. I don't think that. Well, but no, there are other people that you are able to join with as a local church. But if they're in a country all by themselves with no one that they can actually yeah. join with as a local church, they are the start of the church, at least in that place. The start. The start Doesn't of the church. What exactly? It is. Yeah, I think uh, uh, for it to be in a church, you have to assemble because that's what the yeah. word means. But he is called out. But he's not assembling. He's not more than one. I think church means more than one person. But I'll have to look that up a little bit more. Okay. Back to the topic. Yeah. Well, that's related. Because would he take Lord's Supper? I don't think he would. Mm -mm. I wouldn't. I don't think. Could be wrong. I'll have to look it up. Um, But anyway, I think because of this text, um, Lord's Supper can be something that we look to and say, well, that's a pretty good indicator. That's a helpful indicator to say now they're a local church. Okay. Not the only thing. I'm not going to exclude it as, well, if they take the Lord's Supper, then they're definitely a church. If they don't, then they're definitely not. But I thought of something that I wanted to mention earlier, and I forgot to write it in the notes. Hang on, i got to sip my hot chocolate. I made hot chocolate. It was very mm. yummy. Mm-hmm. The key to successful hot chocolate, a, a little, little bit, bit of instant coffee. Which kind of... Makes my insides go because <laughs> it's instant coffee, and I make a pour over every morning. But it's good. But it, it does bring out the chocolate flavor. It emphasizes it, it accentuates it. Anyway, um. Oh yeah. So you ever had a three-legged race? I'm not asking no, the I listeners. I only have two legs. You never participated in a three-legged race where you're taped oh. to another person. I don't think so. Come to think oh, of it. Oh man, we did those in Iwana. And you'd have to, well, we watched a movie with one the other day. Yeah, I, I know yeah. what they are. So maybe you've, listener, maybe you've never heard of a three-legged race. You and a partner stand side by side, and you tape your center legs together. Mm-hmm. 
usually not with duct tape, usually with like a Velcro thingy or um, a bandana, something, a belt that'll work too. Um, But you tie kind of around the ankle, you tie the legs together. So there's an outside leg on the left, there's an inside two legs tied together, and then there's an outside leg on the right. Mm -hmm. And so you have basically three legs, two Mm -hmm. trying to work as one. Now, are those two legs actually part of the same body? No. No, they're not. Do they have to function like it to finish the race? Yes. Yes. Either that or one person just drags the other one through the dirt like I did in Iwana sometimes. <sighs> Rude. Well, I wasn't going to lose because some girl couldn't move her leg at the right time. You were tied to a girl? I was. How inappropriate. Probably. <laughs> Eventually, what I learned to do was while we were running, it sounded dumb, but it worked. I would say in, out, in, out, in, out, in, out. I would just keep saying that because when I said in, we run with the input. Yeah, but I would get confused. <laughs> Which one's in? I don't know. And you would be dragged across the finish line. What but you can't do worked. is say right, left, right, left. Correct. That's why I switched to in, work. out. Mm-hmm. You're smart. I was. I got mm-hmm. it from my older brother, actually. Oh, credit okay. where credit's due. And we usually won those races, by the way. But You won everything. So I didn't win everything, actually. That. I was a chubby kid. I didn't win out all this stuff. <laughs> uh, but why, 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 what does that have to do with Lord's Supper? Not being exactly the same body, but functioning as the same body. Yes. Something can function like it is unified, when in reality it is not. Okay. A group of people can function like a local church and look like a local church, when in reality they're not at all. Right? Yeah. And, conversely, something could actually be a local church, but look like a terrible representation of what Christ intended the local church to be. Mm-hmm. That wasn't really backed up by my illustration, but the illustration was to to show that just because um, something looks like it is the Lord's Supper doesn't mean it actually is. That wasn't my point. My point was something can look like it's a local church, but it actually isn't. Mm-hmm. So I want to be careful when I say, well, obviously it's not Lord's Supper that makes many into one because there are churches that don't take the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. Well, just because they look like a local church doesn't mean they actually are. Now, I'm still not going to take my logic that far. Do you see where I'm going with this or not? You look no, confused. I'm really confused. Okay. But I'm also tired, so you might be doing fine. Well, I, I, this is the error I want to avoid. Okay. Uh, I, don't, I, I, think, I think that Jameson goes a little bit too far, or at least I'm not fully convinced that it's taking the Lord's Supper that actually makes many into one. Okay. I'm not, I'm not convinced that the actual doing it is actually uniting the people. But I don't want my logic to be based off of, well, that's because I can see that there is this church that looks like a local church, but they don't take the Lord's Supper. So they must be a local church and the Lord's Supper isn't required. Right. Because just because something looks like it's a healthy local church. Isn't proof. Yeah. Yeah. We should just go to scripture and see what scripture has to say. Yeah. And scripture says that they'll be taking the Lord's Supper. But that doesn't mean they're not actually a church. But they might not be. So I don't want to make that error and saying, well, I can see this thing. Kind of like when someone says, well, I can just see the spirit at work in their life. Yeah, well, that could be indigestion because they ate something for breakfast that they didn't agree with. Okay. I know where you're coming from. Yep. Yep. Because I just, I I don't want to make the error of saying, well, I know that has to be this based on what I see. There are times when that's okay. But with especially with spiritual realities, that's not really a thing we can do. There are outward signs we can look at and say, well, 
because of this, 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 I believe this spiritual reality about this person to be true. I think, though, coming from a mom's perspective, oh. you may not be able to say, because of your attitude, I know you have this heart problem. Yes, I know you can't say that for sure because man can't see the heart. Mm-hmm. But as a mother, you can see what's on there, your child's face. And have a pretty good idea as to what's going on in their heart. And that can be a teaching opportunity. Not, But you need to go carefully about mm-hmm. as you teach your child. Yeah. But, so I don't think, when someone says, I can see the spirit working in their lives. I think sometimes they just might not be phrasing that very well. And yeah. they may have. They may have a very good intent with what they're saying. Right. Yeah. So you don't have to like get compl- completely all. I'm not trying to lambast people here. That's not my. Them. That's not my purpose. No. Yeah. I'm just. I'm calling us to be careful with how we word things. Yes. And what we're so convinced of when there might actually be another explanation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't convince yourself of something that you know, yeah. you can't possibly know for sure. Hmm. Okay. I don't know if that was faster than I thought. Can I think my timestamp time? says about 25 minutes, so I think we're going to be pretty good because there was a I'll little bit talk. of... Your, your talking point for the next, what we're reading, is not accurate. Oh, because yeah. Because we are not reading Caspian No, any we're longer. reading Silver Chair. We are on to Silver Chair already. Mm-hmm. You're like two books behind. Yeah. I'm really... I remember reading Silver Chair as a child and thinking it was incredibly boring, but as I'm reading it now, I'm like on the edge of my seat. I can and... see why you thought it was boring because some of the scenes, quote unquote, yeah. take longer than I would expect. Yes. Especially after something like Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Which was fast chapters. I'm not talking about movies here. You guys know that. <laughs> Books, but, yeah. Because like some of the scenes in the movies took a super long time when in the book it was like they did this, this, this. That was it. Yeah. You probably just like killed everybody's Yeah, ears. with my snaps. But... Yeah, in Narnia, the pa- in Chronicles of Narnia, that's the whole all of them. In Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the pace was pretty quick. Mm-hmm. But there's some sneaking happening in Silver Chair, mm-hmm. and there's some we're not we don't know what's going on yet happening mm-hmm. in Silver Chair. And in reality, we still don't know what was going on in the Giant's Castle because there could still be a plot twist. They didn't finish, and just because they saw a thing doesn't mean that was what was intended to happen. That's true. So I feel like it there still could still, but I'm saying there could very easily still be a plot twist coming when that's not a, what, what yeah. the children thought was going to happen was not at all what was going to happen. Yeah, that could be. It could be. I don't, I don't know, but I just want to be cautious. They're children's books. I don't think they'll be super twisty. It's just like you know, in a movie when like they drop hints here and there, and you're like, oh, I can pick up on that. I know what's going to happen, yeah, and then, and you then feel so stupid because they drop the hints intentionally to make you think a thing. Yeah. And so Lewis is a very skilled writer. He could have done that. But not in a child's book. We'll find out. We just need to finish reading it. Yeah. So we're on Silver Chair. Maybe we can read one more chapter tonight. Maybe. Yeah. Um, And I'm still reading What is a Healthy Church. I'm still working my way through it. And I'm hoping that by next time I can have a review on it. I'm going to take a couple of quick thoughts from each chapter. Uh, It could be, hey, this is what he was getting at in this chapter. And this is why I think it's helpful. It could be a, oh, I didn't quite agree with this, although I don't foresee that coming very much in this book. But I do want to do a quick recap of it, and that might be what we do next time. But crazy things could come up. We're in the process of buying a house, so who knows what paperwork's going Speaking gonna... of which, I'm hoping to start reading 
the how to, neighboring book the neighboring the art of neighboring book. yeah mm-hmm. being closer to yep having but i've just been working through neighbors. what is a healthy church by mark dever and so i haven't gotten to that one yet because i'm trying to power through this one and haven't gotten very far yeah. we started a new bible reading plan for yes. the year yeah and i got behind by two days already <laughs> yeah um it's with the app but it's reading the bible in a chronological order so mm-hmm. that'll be interesting um, some upcoming topics that I want to mention that I'm doing some reading on, or at least I have some resources on that I'm going to be reading before that comes out. Um, I want to talk about a little bit about deacon ministry and hopefully pastoral ministry as well. And I'd like to talk about interpretation of scripture. I have a couple other ideas, but those are two that I'm pretty set on. These would be pretty important. These would be pretty pertinent and these would be helpful. Um, cause deacon and pastoral ministry are, I mean, they're dealt with in scripture for one, mm-hmm. but Typically, pastors and deacons are elected by the church, and the church usually votes on it, at least within our circles. Well, and sometimes even a pastor comes from mm-hmm. within that church. Yeah, and I definitely want to address the beauty of that. Um, deacons almost exclusively come from within a local church Yeah. to serve that local church. I'm sure there could be an exception somewhere, because, I mean, we're only thinking within, like, garb churches. Yeah. That's true. But there are other churches that do other things different ways. Mm-hmm. Like some people will say, hey, you need a new pastor? All right, we'll send you a new pastor. They don't have any say over it. But that goes against scripture. Not necessarily. Isn't there a pastor that says they're supposed to be? Never. I don't Okay. It also depends on your view of uh, local church authority, which could be a topic that I, we could cover in the future, and I would like to. But I need to increase my understanding on it first or find someone that has the time and ability to, to chat about it a little bit Cool. from scripture. Because there's also lots of different views, even within garb churches, let alone among broader Christian circles on um, uh, a church's authority and who has authority. Mm-hmm. Okay, that will wrap it up for today. Um... I don't think. Silence. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else. I was trying to think if I forgot anything. I can't think of anything. So until next time, start serving or keep serving within your local churches. Bye. Bye.